0: Podcast. Movie, movie,
1: podcast.
0: movie, movie, podcast, 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 movie, movie, podcast. Are you getting this? Welcome. Or do you want to like read something first again? Welcome
2: to the movie, movie podcast, everybody episode. I don't even remember the name of the number of this episode. Again, we've been all over the place. I am your host, Tiggs. and Technically, we, we... haven't. No, well, <laughs> yeah, that's true. We've been sitting in place. Uh, and as you just heard, there's Russ.
3: Hey, guys, I'm Russ.
2: (laughs) And there's Peter.
0: I think it's funny that before you wouldn't know the numbers because it's been so long since you said a number. But now you've been saying too many numbers.
2: (laughs) Too many numbers to count, except for the one we can always count on, Alex.
1: You can count on me. (laughs) That's right, folks. Coming to you live. Bippity boppity.
0: Yeah, Alex will be talking about the Laura Linney film, You Can Count on Me. Ooh. (laughs) Which predicted a dark future.
2: <laughs> yes, and then there is Pete kind of trickling out what we're going to be doing this time. As you know, movies are not coming out. Um, and so we've been looking for things to do. So we decided to look to the past that looked to our future uh, and pick up some movies uh, that were talking about, mm, I don't know, sort of recent times and see how wrong they were, how bad they thought it was going to be, or, you know, how not too far off it was. Um, we each chose a different movie. And this is going to be fun, I think. I hope. We'll see. Um, But let's start off with Peter. Ooh.
0: Um, So I watched the 1996 Pamela Anderson starring vehicle, Barbed Wire. Um, As I said, made in 1996. It takes place in a future 2017, if you guys remember when this happened. Um, Mm.
3: 2017,
0: Uh, no. Yeah. I'm going
3: to. And it was based on a comic, right? Like an indie comic. Okay. Yeah,
0: uh, I'm gonna read the opening crawl. If nice. you guys don't mind. Uh, Go for it. In, in 2017, the old democracy is overthrown by a tyrannical new group called the Congressional Directorate. Every city in <laughs> the <nation, laughs> the word words.
2: Yeah. Exactly.
0: Every city in the nation is under martial law except one, Steel Harbor, the oh last God. free city a secluded island of shrieking shrinking independence it is marked uh, sorry it is a place marked by chaos and crime providing a home for a new kind of mercenary
2: i got to say shrieking independence would be way cooler
3: <laughs> independence <laughs> um, yeah, okay so, wait so there's martial law everywhere yeah except yeah. steel city
0: why um it's an island what? So, okay. so I, <laughs> is that a reason? I, in, in just a minute, but let me let me I, it, let me just get there. Okay. <laughs> so this movie, so, this movie starts off with it boom. It starts off with Pamela Anderson on a swing, getting sprayed with a hose, doing like a strip tease in a strobe light.
3: Check. I remember that.
0: Yep. That's the opening scene. Um, over the next like fifteen-ish minutes, it does. It kind of does that. So we know you were expecting like this comic adaptation of with Pam Anderson. So she does like one quick like I'm a mercenary mission. Okay. That, from then on out, this movie is Casablanca. What really? Yeah.
1: Are
0: they Nazis? Yes. The congressional um, the 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 bad guys whose name I don't remember because I deleted it. Um, congressional directorate are dressed as Nazis. She really. Yeah, she operates a bar. Um, a ex- uh, Yeah, she yeah. operates a bar. An ex-boyfriend of hers, who is a freedom fighter, comes with a new with a new flame. Holy shit! And asks for her help. She is friends with a local cop. Does he play the piano? No, her blind brother takes the seal of Sam.
3: Um, oh, it's the kid from Dead at Twenty-One, right?
0: Yeah. So they then. Um, so she tries to help them well they want her help so she has to get them smuggle them out of steel harbor and the movie ends in like a plane yard with an old tiny plane from casablanca really?
3: and she sends
0: off and then walks away and like the the cop friend is like well i i well instead of saying i think this is the beginning of a wonderful friendship says i think i'm falling in love
2: <laughs> oh my god
0: but as I said, after the opening, in which it's like, okay, here's Pamela Anderson's breasts. Here's a little bit of her doing some action in leather. It's just Casablanca, and I did not remember that, and it's ridiculous.
2: That's insane. Wait, says so anyone read this comic? Is that all the comic
3: no. is? I don't... I would think not. <laughs> uh, so it didn't do well, and <laughs> it didn't launch her career. No, it did not. Um, was she good in it? Because I remember... She never really had to do anything on Baywatch or that other show she had VIP, where she like oh, ran shit. a sexy <laughs> ladies Charlie's Angels sort of group.
0: Um, also she has to carry this
3: movie. She's terrible. She's absolutely terrible.
0: <laughs> she um. So I, so I told Caitlin. Um, I was like, oh yeah, I'm watching Pam Pam uh, Anderson's uh, Barbed Wire, and Caitlin's like, is that the one that she works in a bookstore?
3: Is that? And, oh no, that was stacks. The- yeah, awesome.
0: she had How like, like a. Like a multi-cam sitcom.
2: I don't remember that either. What? With
3: Christopher Lloyd on Fox. Yeah. Wow. Um, big but yeah, time. Holy crap! It came on after Method and Red, or before Method
0: and Red. Yeah. So there's really nothing. So this is a bit of an apocalyptic future, except that it kind of makes it sound like everywhere else in the world is perfectly fine, except America. Okay. That's ours. Like so. Like in the sense. Yes. Yeah, so in the sense that um, her ex-boyfriend. And his new wife or whatever, she just helps them get on a plane to Canada. So they don't have to go far. Huh. Um, and that's like the whole thing? Yeah.
2: So I assume uh, there's no flying cars if they're using an old-timey plane.
0: No, there's really nothing. It, and I mean, it is 1,000% like the plane you're picturing from the end of Casablanca. Or think um, like any plane from – like the plane from Last Crusade. Yeah. <laughs> like that kind of style. That's but, so think, weird. Uh, Granted, there's like these. For your identification, there's also like a fancy retina scanner. Is like the only piece of future tech.
2: Okay, that's future tech though.
0: Um, but so like, and they're like smuggling. She's trying to smuggle out um, a pair of contact lenses will which will help you fool any retina scanner. Oh, so
2: which so hard, I guess it's a pretty bad retina if scanner.
3: you were anywhere other than Steel Harbor and or America. There would be lots of future tech, but because it's like Mm. full of mercenaries and they're like lawless, they just probably don't have as much cool stuff.
0: Maybe because like it's granted the, um, the retina scanner is like this big bulky. It looks like they're holding a virtual boy up to someone's face. Okay.
3: You're speaking my language. Huh. Interesting.
0: Yeah, that's very interesting. (laughs) 11 years into the future and like really had no kind of future base. Like here's where we're going or anything.
2: Right. That's, I mean, I, I won't lie. Like everything that you've just said about this movie makes me want to rewatch it because it's, As I said, it sounds ridiculous.
0: It, it like limps into the Casablanca plot after, as I said, after just doing like quote unquote fan service for like a half hour.
2: How long is this movie?
0: It's one hour and thirty-four minutes. All yeah. right,
2: now we're talking.
0: Yeah, but yeah, so it's it's a it's a bleak American future. Um, so you know, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but I think we're already more technologi- technologically, like you know what the word I was saying, we're more advanced than these people were already. So there's something to look forward to. Huh.
3: Okay. Is it a good bad watch? Um.
0: Yeah, that's
2: a
3: good it, question. I would say,
0: Yes, if it did more of everyone else but Pam Anderson, she's just – she's so bad and so uninteresting of a character. That's, um, that's disappointing. But if you remember, like, the, the one character I really remember is that, like, the giant – the like, the big fat um, other crime boss who is carried around in a uh, backhoe. I don't remember I don't that. I remember that at all. Oh, yeah. They, like – so he's, like, you know, the, like, the big – mouth thing of whatever like those like tractors and he's just like sitting in it <laughs> and they drive him around I'll believe you yeah so I, I you know what I'd give it a rewatch I, 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 this is getting the Peter Stamp rewatch
2: oh wow all right it's
0: hey. pretty good that's high
2: praise yeah, that is very yeah. high praise <laughs> why not all right well now that we've gotten the Peter Stamp re- of rewatchitude on barbed wire let's find out about a movie that takes place now from russ
3: uh sure i'll give you i i'll give you a little info about a movie called reign of fire
2: yeah
3: reign of fire came out in 2002 and i saw it the same day as jason x and (laughs) uh, (laughs) actually i should give you information about the actual movie okay so it is a movie that takes place in 2020 in london it actually starts off in present day uh 2000 where we watch a young um what's his face
0: Christian Bale,
3: a young christian bale's mother uh get killed by a dragon that awakens from its hibernation you know underground and then we cut to uh christian bale's character talking about how the world has changed so there's no text crawl but there is a, a voiceover where you see that dragon comes back and then all the dragons come back and the combined might of all the different militaries uh, try to nuke them, which is like the dumbest fucking idea ever. (laughs) And all that does is plunge the world into uh, like apocalypse and kills like the larger population of people. And then we are, we pick up 20 years later with, Uh, Christian Bale's crew of people who are still alive in London, who then meet uh, a group of Americans, technically really only one American, played by Matthew McConaughey in a very uh, scene-chewing performance. Classic. Um, But this is a future that is, I'd say, fairly close to what we have now, with the exception of the fact that it's not apocalyptic yet. There's no like crazy future tech. There's no Um, dragons. Yes, there are no dragons. (laughs) I don't know if those count as future tech or old-timey tech. Ooh, those are kind of old-timey tech, yeah. But has anyone seen this movie recently?
2: No, not in a very long time. Not since theaters.
0: Isn't the beginning, like, oddly close to the beginning of The Mummy? Um, Which one? The the Tom Cruise one in which, like, they're digging a Mm -hmm. a tunnel in London and they find this.
3: Yes, they're digging and then they... Uh, the boys walking around, he sees some weird stuff, and then they, um, the dragon comes out, kills some people, and then it's just dragon time. Yeah. Uh, but believe it or not, the special effects still hold up. Like really? it's one of the better looking dragons I've seen in a movie, in a really long time. Yeah. Um, or, or I guess since, because like Dragonheart, you figure came out a few years before this, yeah. and that movie looked like shit. So oh, I this, think it's
1: more than a few years, right? Like Dragonheart. I feel like was Dragonheart
3: 1996. was
1: 1996.
3: Yeah. Really? Oh my God. Yeah. I know so it's, it's time only time. like six years apart, and this movie looks a thousand times better to the degree that it it. I mean, it looks it holds up with like Game of Thrones to it to a, to, a, to a certain extent. Oh, wow. That's impressive. Um, but you've got Christian Bale like right before he pops as like a huge leading actor, and you've got Matthew McConaughey doing kind of a weird. I'm not making a romantic comedy right now, and I'm also a psycho. Uh, so weird. It, it, you, you caught McConaughey before he was too big to do this and and uh, Bale before he was too big to do this. So you've got two guys that really, if they were in a movie together right now, it would be huge. Yeah. So I think um, as far as, the, as, as its future is concerned, I do think that some of the things that it has right um, is... But you, once that you're in a post-apocalyptic world, like TVs and stuff like that kind of go by the wayside. So I love the way that it kind of keeps oral traditions going. Uh, there's a very, very fun Star Wars scene. Um, where you see Christian Bale like do giving a lesson with with a with a young Gerard Butler, Ooh. they're uh, doing a performance for all the children, and it's basically the "I am your father" scene in Star Wars. Oh, that's awesome! And, and it's just it's just adorable. Um, the movie, I really, I loved it when I was an eighteen year old kid, and seeing wow. it eighteen years later. I really have very few flaws to find with it. So you're just getting somebody gushing about a really old movie. We never got a chance to (laughs) do a review of the movie rules.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so other than the empire strikes back scene, how do they like reference the past?
3: Um, well, it's mostly through Quinn's, but, but really actually don't too, too much. Um, because Quinn Christian Bale's character, he's like all butthurt about his mom getting killed in front of his eyes, so yeah. he doesn't talk about how things used to be. They just, they, it's, it's, there, there isn't really too much talk about the past. The real big conflict of the movie is whether or not you run and hide from dragons like the British. Is or that what the you, British do? Well, for the most part, because Christian Bale just takes all those people hide in a castle, mm-hmm. and they don't really have any. They're not trying to kill dragons; they're just trying to outlast dragons. And because there's so few people left, the dragons are like extra hungry. So they're like, "All right, if we just stay hidden, maybe they'll die." But McConaughey, as an American with yeah. a bald head and tattoos everywhere, really? is like, "No, you gotta kill dragons." So the conflict of the film is whether or not you run and hide from dragons or you kill them. It's great. It showed a range that we didn't know Matthew McConaughey had at the time either.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. I think for the most part he when was the last time he didn't do a romantic comedy, right? It was
3: this was, like, right when he was heavy in the, ro- in the rom-com zone.
1: Like, during his, like, Kate Hudson time?
3: Of yeah, like- sure, yeah, when we yeah, thought exactly. they were dating.
1: Were they dating? Yeah, probably.
3: But, yeah, this I mean, was around And they fell in
1: love time. so many times, how could they not? Yeah, how could they not be? It's <laughs>
2: believable. I mean,
3: you don't have that chemistry for nothing.
2: Exactly.
3: But, yeah, this was during that time. So, for him to do this very, very strange, futuristic, uh, post-apocalyptic sci-fi movie as a bald-headed psycho... When that was like nowhere near, like he had just done The Wedding Planner, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days was on its way. I just don't get this role for him. I think he's awesome in it. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But the movie rules. Everyone should see it. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. And that was Hyperbole. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, this is really early for Gerard Butler, too.
3: Yeah, this is. Uh, this might have even been pre, uh, Phantom of the Opera for him.
0: It is. It's a year before he was in um the Tomb Raider sequel.
3: Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Great little life. Yeah. Yep. Great little
0: life. Yeah.
3: But I think that's also looking back on this movie, it works in retrospect. It probably would do well now, but this movie was not at all bankable then.
2: No.
3: Because. Like, Matthew McConaughey is, is, like, basically the supporting actor, Christian Bale. He'd done American Psycho, but that wasn't a big movie. That was a cult movie. There's really no—I re- don't know who who this was for or, or why they chose to make it at the time. But I still think this—if you rewatch it, the special effects are really, really, really good for a movie that costs not a lot of money, which makes me believe they were doing a lot of practical. Everyone see it.
2: Yeah, I really want to go—I want to watch this now. Man, that's two movies that I really want to watch out of the the two we've heard so far on this podcast. Oh, yeah.
3: This this doesn't even get a, like, curiosity rewatch. Just watch it, because it's very good. Nice. They also speculate that dragons are the reason that dinosaurs went extinct, which I liked.
2: Oh. I mean, that's true, isn't it?
0: Wait. I'm so confused by that. So, in this world, dragons predate dinosaurs?
3: Or they just showed up right. around this? the same
0: time or some dinosaurs evolved into dragons and then those dragons killed the dinosaurs
3: sure they didn't really it's just a passing comment
2: open to (laughs) open to your interpretation man that's the kind of that's the best
3: but i like that this is the kind of layering that this movie does exactly it's packing in things about life anthropology the everything this is really a beautiful beautiful movie and uh, it makes Killing Dragons seem like a lot of fun, if you're an American. Right, obviously, <laughs> yeah. obviously.
0: And do they make, you do? Uh, American and their guns
3: joke? Not exactly, but the Americans are kinda, they do make a, uh Americans comment when Matthew McConaughey's uh, Van Zan shows up looking for shelter. They're like, oh, are they uh, terrorists? And it's like, worse, Americans. <laughs> Yep. But watch this movie. Matthew McConaughey's having a lot of fun. That sounds awesome. He, he hasn't could, found scenery he didn't want to chew. Could
1: Could this have used a sequel? What, was there ever one?
3: Like a there was TV? never. There was never a sequel. I think there might have been a video game.
2: I think there was.
3: There was a There was a video game. There was no sequel. But I think if they had really thought this out, they could have made this a franchise film. But they just clearly weren't really thinking that but I'm, I'm the only way this movie works is if you plan make it to make more of them and they kind of made it as a one off so to make a sequel doesn't make sense now which is stupid like why would you make this movie and spend all that money to not make another one from a franchise perspective
2: yeah that's a good point very good point
3: but yeah everyone see it
2: yeah uh, i'm going to uh, 20 add, years add that to the queue right now um yeah. And so from one 2020 movie to another and a movie that we've probably talked about on this podcast, but I really don't remember. Um, and that is Live, Die, Repeat, or as we knew it in theaters before it became so cool for Birds of Prey to do it, Edge of Tomorrow, um, which is what, what I watched. Movie. I hadn't seen this since the theaters and I was looking up a list of movies that were taking place in the year 2020 because I thought it would be fun to do something that took place uh, in our current time. And when this popped up, I thought, no, really? Is that so this movie came out in 2014 uh, under and with uh, talks about how in 2015, a meteorite crashes onto Earth. Uh, And then by the year 2020, we have developed these mech suits and are jumping around, killing these aliens that also look like robots (laughs) that are kind of weird. That's blood causes whoever like touches the blood to get stuck in a Groundhog's Day like time loop.
3: Hang on. (laughs) So, <laughs> i guess this they really made this future that soon yeah right so That's, i didn't think about it well, in the moment i was like what edge of tomorrow came out what 10 years ago what no. was that
1: because it was based on the manga right yeah.
3: like is yeah that all you need that is kill was
1: set? yeah and that yeah that came out in
3: 2004 um okay so, that gives it a little more space
2: yeah so like it's 2005 it come like the meteorite comes down and then it's uh 2020 is when like the first um, big victory over the mimics happens at the hands of Emily Blunt, which is like why she's like uh, the angel of death or whatever it is that she's being praised for like throughout the entire movie. This movie does not have an opening crawl, but it has a hell of a lot of news reports. Um, all saying, oh my God, things are happening. Something just crashed into earth and then skips forward uh, the five years to be like, angel of Verdun. done, here we go. She just, she killed everybody. Um, So the premise of this movie is uh, Tom Cruise is a uh, is a military. um, What is it like a military? uh, I I had this up in a second ago. Military relations department guy uh, who then gets uh, forced into combat and he's very reluctant to do it. Uh, And in the first mission, he actually ends up killing a mimic uh, who bleeds all over him. And then he wakes up the next day uh, or he wakes up the previous day again. Uh, only to have to relive the entire thing over again, uh, and as you uh, he goes, eventually finds Emily Blunt. She uh, understands what he's been going through because she also had it happen to her, but lost it through a blood transplant. Um That all keeps going on for a while, and then uh, it's all told. and It starts off by multiple times you see him dying, and then repeating, and then it eventually becomes this long linear narrative after that, uh, but with like little trickled in bits that make you realize that he's been reliving this day like thousands more times than we have than they've actually been seeing us which is like a really fun premise and really fun uh like plot bits to to stick into the movie at that point
0: yeah there are a couple times that he like dies in training right
2: oh yeah no that's oh, a, oh, yeah. a montage right? most of it is him dying in training and then he kind of like stops dying and then, and then like they get to uh like the farmhouse and uh, Emily Blunt's like, wow, I can't believe you could find this coffee. And it's because he's—they've been there like dozens and dozens of times. So he's—he's he's lived through like many a days, and then had to like go back and, and relive through like all the days all over again, uh, only to eventually almost be killed, get a blood transfusion, and lose the power of the time loop, um, which sets a plan in motion to have a suicide mission to go in and kill the Omega, uh, which they do and as the omega dies it bleeds on him and the time loop starts alerts. over again and but uh but all the mimics are dead in the in the new version so it's all good um hey this version of the future is basically now but with mechs and as far as i know we don't have these mechs or time loop technology or aliens well um, so
3: yeah well they- we are kind of reliving the same days every day nowadays Ooh, i didn't Ooh. think of that that's a good point
0: when, yeah. So when they kind of reset it and there's no more like aliens and stuff, do you get a glimpse of like any other future tech in, in the now like 2020? No,
2: because it's it's him waking up and then reliving that original day over again. And he just runs basically to go and meet Blunt, who uh, gives the exact same opening line that she's given every time that he meets her for the first time. And then he gives a smirk and the movie
0: ends. Oh, that's too bad.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so i mean i guess there might be i don't know the, the thing is is i guess most of the uh future tech would kind of be based around the mech like the mech training course and like these giant uh yeah. like, propeller things that are flying around um to to kind of stop that and you know all the airplane tech all looks basically the same but i guess there are probably future guns attached to the mechs um but that's really as far as it gets for the most part because once it starts, you're basically they're in combat or they're like, they're just in like, yeah, uh, like normal buildings and stuff, like trying to to infiltrate shit.
1: No, like cool screens or like uh, fun fun cell phones uh, or like
3: um no like transport vehicles,
1: oh, like hovery,
3: yeah. hovery, hovery mech like. Tra- Transports There's, that people jump that, out of the side they're, of.
2: They're big planes. They're, they're all just in big planes. Like the entire, like the only time that they ever really jump, out, uh, like transport the mech, is in like the initial scene where they're all like doing the jump out of the plane. Um, mm. And then whip, whip. I'm trying to think of like I can't really remember any like cool screens or anything like that. They do have some other future tech that's like um, basically a thing that they need to like stab into. Uh, uh, Tom Cruise to try and figure out where like the Omega is located. Um, but the, and that everything else is kinda not too you know, again, they were they were in twenty fourteen and predicting a future six years away where an alien invasion happened and we had mechs and stuff. So I think sure. they were playing it pretty close as opposed to going, you know, like twenty years into the future and, and being like, oh we can do whatever. Um, and it'll all be true. Well,
1: well I'm glad at least we 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 got some
2: mechs. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, that's a pretty good piece of future tech.
3: That's true. And
0: There's I not. See. I would do a lot for a Mac.
2: I would. I would totally do a lot. I yeah. yeah. than I do for a classic bar. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: Nailed it. Do it. <laughs> uh, what's weird is Tom Cruise made this movie after Oblivion, and Oblivion takes place like in 2070. Are these futures really that far apart in style?
2: not really um, it's almost like if he doesn't win in the time loop then Oblivion is the future that ha- it's like it's the alternate timeline from the ending of uh, Live, Die,
0: Repeat. I like that so maybe <laughs> since he won that's that's how we get to Minority Report oh see now oh. That makes sense. yeah I hear that I see that you guys do you think Tom Cruise is right about a lot of stuff <laughs> definitely <laughs> and I'll be. tell you later I'm, I'm stuff jumping on my couch really? right
3: now <laughs>
1: I got I'm having girlfriend auditions. <laughs>
2: I I hadn't seen this since theaters. I remember thinking it was like fun but dumb in theaters. And this is just a good ass movie. I don't know. Like this is just it gets a little long at the ends um, after he loses the powers and like the suicide mission and everything. It, it does start to feel it starts to feel its length because it is almost two hours. But this movie's just it's good. It's a very okay. good movie.
3: Yeah. You sold me. Yeah. I'm going to rewatch it.
2: There we go. And that leaves this us. This is life now. With, I mean, there's nothing else to do except rewatch movies at this point. Oh, baby. <laughs> or, or I guess watch Debs. I don't know.
3: <laughs> I've Debs?
2: seen that. Yeah, me too. I don't know. I'm not crazy about it. But I'm going to keep watching it because what else am I going to do? Debs, the uh, the new uh, show.
3: Oh, Oh, I thought you said
2: Debs. Oh, no, not Debs. Yeah. Debs, No. Well, Debs too. We could rewatch that. That's fine.
1: Wait,
3: was Debs a, th- I remember. It was like a feminist like spy thing? Yeah. Oh yeah. You're I don't right. want to I don't want to sound dismissive. I just realized I was like feminist spy. I would say that if it was a male spy film as well.
0: Oh, that was a gender thing. I thought you just really hated spies.
3: no. I I love spies. I love I love all uh, intelligence finders. Wait,
1: spies like us.
3: Spies in guys. Anyway,
2: all right. Let's let's move on to the final future film from Fallax? Falix. Alex.
1: All right, guys. My my future film uh, takes us to the far away, um, distant year of twenty nineteen. Oh, last year. Um, and uh, in this year, you're not going to believe this, um, but a plague has affected um, most every single human uh, on the planet, Uh-oh. Um, and it originated from bats. Uh-oh. Um, now, Uh-oh. With, dwindle, with dwindling supplies... Wait, did um, we leak? You saw Morbius? Yep. I saw Michael <laughs> Morbius. Yep. And uh, in this world now... <laughs> The the rich and the poor are fighting. There's 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 dwindling supplies. Uh, there's one thing in particular that everyone is after. No, it's not toilet paper. It's blood. Oh, no. I thought you were going to say rent Because say re- a bit, vampires. Because but... it's daybreakers, guys. Nice. Uh, so this is starring Ethan Hawke, uh, Sam Neill, uh, and it is directed by the Spearig brothers. Uh, who also did...
3: They did a couple a, other things.
1: They think they did that new Jigsaw movie. Yeah, they did
3: Jigsaw. They did that Winchester movie with the house that was like a puzzle.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't you love it when your house is like a puzzle? Um,
3: to keep right, the spirits
1: so, away. So this, uh, kind of similar to... Um, I think Takes was saying that this one, you don't really get like a crawl or anything like that. We just get some some newspaper headlines and things like that uh and it's you know it's like how a single bat started it all is the first one that you see nice (laughs) and i'm like oh yikes uh and so then it's like okay um in this world again 2019 the plague started 2009 um somehow it turned people uh, into vampires and now 10 years later uh 95 percent of the human population has been eaten uh and also turned into vampires. Yeah. So sense. so now people are just kinda kept in like a farm thing that's it sort of looks like the Matrix mixed with uh that planet where they make the clones. Oh. And in, in, in Attack of the Clones. Attack
2: of the Clones, sure.
1: Uh so you don't get any like long neck people talking to uh Ethan Hawk. He's just there and he's he's like a, a really emo about being a vampire. He's just constantly smoking. He doesn't like having blood and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so like in the world right now, if vampires aren't getting proper nutrition and proper blood, Obviously. uh they start becoming like scary feral vampires and like they mutate and like they get big wings
2: uh and
1: they kind of look like cheap nosferatu costumes okay um so so ethan hawk is trying to make a blood substitute he's trying to work on the the kind of the cure to this whole thing uh and 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 as far as like the future goes uh they're like they decided that in their future they're gonna like be like okay we're going to have a bunch of like art deco uh style buildings and then a bunch of modern like it's like i feel like every single decade is like thrown in here uh like nice. at, people kind of dress like they're like bit 50s and stuff like that uh it's not too far uh, i guess in the future they they like they have their future cars oh
2: okay are they flying
1: uh no 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 no, no. they're just made for um, Willem Dafoe, who you meet later on, he's okay. like the guy that gets cured from being a vampire. Um, he he had the job of like tricking out cars in the vampire future, uh, oh, which would be just like
2: exhibit, but in the vampire future. Yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> so he would uh, like pretty much what you do is you have like a kind of like a digital tinting? Like all of a sudden you hit a button in in your smart car, like the kind of smart cars and like. Everything goes black in the front. There's a dome on the top of it, so you can see. And like three LCD monitors come down. It's
2: like the Homer. Um,
1: wow. It's a pretty good. It's a pretty good feature car. Okay. Like stuff that we have. Like it's funny. Like we 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 got some of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have like. We got LCD screens. Uh, yeah. Um. What else? I mean, you know, they they changed the infrastructure to be uh vampire friendly in the world which is nice they have like a subway system of tunnels for them to walk around in. it's kind of like they saw what buffalo new york uses when it's pulled out <laughs> um and what's that like okay what's the
3: other practical use um yeah i'm trying to think like yeah so in this, i guess i just have one question yeah how is bill nighy not in this movie
2: yeah seriously
1: she
3: I mean, they kind of gave Sam Neill the Bill Nye he role. Okay, um,
1: that's fair. And he's just, but they made him like, like he's just going to be like a slimy executive in this because you got to figure this movie came out two thousand nine. This is kind of like uh, in this, it's like you're seeing how the rich they don't want to cure vampirism because this is like the blood company oh, that sure. that so. Ethan Hawke works for.
3: That sounds they, a little far fetched, though. Like, I they, feel like if we had a cure for something in this country, we <laughs> would probably <laughs> make sure that everyone could have it, and it wouldn't cost a lot of money. No, especially if there's like a like a global disease <laughs>
1: outbreak. Yeah, you
3: would have this Ethan Hawke vampire movie would be this. <laughs> <laughs> this is so, the most. This is the most realistic to the current state of affairs um, of yeah, all of um, these, movies, and that's because- weird.
1: Because they, they, at one point, they bring, like, because you know, Willem Dafoe is the guy that got cured. Um, I'm just going to like, bring breakers right now to watch tonight. The, it's, it's for like, free on some sites. I, I think it's, like, free on voodoo. Um,
0: um so The cure is, like, it's just, like, extreme exposure to sunlight, right?
1: Yeah. he just Willem Defoe got in a car accident and flew out of his car window. Classic. Uh, and was, like exposed to the sun, and then cooled off immediately right after. And that, for some reason, is something that no one ever checked to
0: do in, like, ten years between, that like, the world becoming vampires. It, it's not even checked to do, it's just that, so that means that in this future, no vampires have ever, like, accidentally seen the sun for a couple of minutes.
1: like, for well, sure. It, it seems to happen a lot, like, the vampire, you see other vampires have things with the sun, and,
3: like, well, they just execute... Said. I I think you kind of proved your own point. Like, I feel like the major infrastructure project by Big Blood was a way to make sure that mm -hmm. people didn't ever feel the need to go and see the sun. Exactly. And they said it
1: was never about a cure, guys. (gasps) It was only about making a synthetic blood and selling it to people. (gasps) Um, Makes
2: sense. Wow. I can buy it for $6 on Amazon, though. Synthetic blood? Uh, (laughs) Yep. It comes with uh, a
1: copy Daybreakers. I was gonna
0: say Breakers. Movie's...
1: I would go see Spring. I mean, Spring Breakers isn't too far from that. Uh, this movie is still totally all right, though. Like, it's not good. Is it it's worth six dollars? No, I'd watch it for real. Okay, <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's free with ads on movie. It's kind of like I. I feel like this is where like Ethan Hawke though is also really good when he kind of just like has to like. Look confused and smoke cigarettes and like look
3: incredulously at people while like they say something bad, like it's singles, yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh, this was like probably around that run where he was just like, Yeah, I'll be in it, yeah, uh, yeah, because he has
1: ins- insidious, right?
3: He, no, si- sinister, you're, you're getting yes, yeah, sinister, wrong sinister. bad name. <laughs> he he did like this, sinister. The Purge came shortly after, Getaway, where he had to, like, drive or whatever. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, he, he doesn't really care what he does, but he does elevate these types of movies. He really he does. does.
0: He never punches down and stuff. Like, he, yep. he really makes the rest of the movie rise to him.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if only he treated his marriage
3: that way. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Now we're never going to get Ethan Hawke on this. Okay. I know <laughs> we, we were Sorry.
1: so close. <laughs> no, um, but th- this movie is like again, it's totally, it's totally all right. And there, there's there's the scene like I don't know if you remember. So once, uh, once people get cured from vampirism, um, and a vampire bites them, it cures that vampire. So there's the scene at the end where oh my God. all these vampires keep eating each other, turning in humans, and then other vampires start eating them. And it keeps going in like a circle. Yeah. Of all these people just like eating each other, and stuff like that. And like they slow it down, try to make it like the super dramatic uh climax of the movie. It's both funny and actually pretty good.
3: I do remember that.
2: Man, I used to don't. rewatch all three of these movies.
3: Yeah, I didn't expect to get a lot of homework, but yeah. I am gonna watch all these movies now.
0: Yeah, I I'm, yeah. I'm definitely leaning more towards Daybreakers and Edge of Tomorrow. For a for a good rewatch,
1: Edge of Tomorrow sounds like it's still like legit, really good and
3: really fun. Yeah. yeah, I've seen it too recently, so that one's going to take a a break. But I will watch Daybreakers, and I will I will find time for barbed Wire. Now I don't you- know. I'm I'm pretty busy <laughs> this week, so
1: Daybreakers yeah. is like is top of my list right now. I gotta. This it's- is. It's really stupid and like in a really great way. And I wish it had like it just it's missing like an industrial, a more industrial soundtrack. OK, yeah,
0: I think yeah, totally. it's been like the Brothers did not do it. No, like, I don't Re- think so. This is, this is pre
2: like Social Network or anything before Trent Reznor was doing soundtracks.
1: <laughs> uh, Yeah, I don't think so. But yeah, it's 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 pretty good. It's weirdly guys. It's our future, man. The hot called it. It's crazy. The hot call.
2: I think it.
3: it's. The, I think it might be the closest. It's definitely yeah.
2: the closest <laughs> of. Yeah, hundred percent. God, that's crazy. That's
3: We've crazy. got aliens, martial law, dragons, and vampires, and the vampire future is the closest. Yeah, um,
2: it's kind of scary. I wish we was dragons.
1: Yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I do either.
2: Really? You want to have like a? You know, it could turn into how to train your dragon then. That's mm. true.
3: You should rewatch *Rain of Fire*.
2: I, I will, after *Daybreakers*, probably in like how long is *Daybreakers*? Hour and a half? It's, it
1: is. It is like ninety-three minutes, or something like that. It and was a fast.
2: Probably be watch. watching it in about ninety-five minutes.
3: So. <laughs> so, I guess that means we might need to be brought home.
2: You can find us on the web at moviemoviepodcast.com. You can find Russ on Twitter at Russ Incredible. You can find him on Instagram as well, Russ Incredible. You can find uh, Peter on Letterboxd at Funky Bankman. You can find me on Strava, I guess, at Johnny Tiggs. Alex, you had
1: homework to tell us where
2: we could find you.
1: Ah, uh, fuck me.
2: That's <laughs> not
3: good.
1: <laughs> I watched the movie, all
3: right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Don't worry. You'll we'll, we'll have another chance next week. So, um, that is it. we are Priest and the Beekeeper. We probably still have a show, but we don't <laughs> know what the next one is. So, uh, but, you know, stay up with the podcast. We'll let you know what is. We'll be doing. Uh, anybody want to tease what the next one will be doing is? I think it has
0: something to do with the fact that we're all stuck in a single place.
2: <laughs> there it uh. is. We're all stuck in a single place watching Daybreakers. And that's how. <laughs> going to be for a very long time uh so thank you all for being here and thank you all for listening to the movie movie
3: podcast oh oh thank you actually no i'm thankful